0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, uh, holler. Uh, do I sound any different? Because I got uh, some, like, uh, like allergens going here. Uh, but thanks for supporting the show. Uh, when you hear this, I'll be totally relieved. Uh, good night. Uh, hey, you're only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can sit aside, whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, travel, noise, whatever's keeping you awake. It could be like a litany of things uh, or it could be one thing. But whatever it is i'd like to help so i'm gonna create a safe place i'm gonna kind of smooth it i'm gonna sweep it i'm gonna dust it uh feather it feather it like with a duster but you no know, totally hy- everything here is uh, extra hypoallergenic uh and you know we'll have humidifiers dehumidifiers uh personal comfort zones but believe it or not uh all those things uh but really, what I'm—that's that, kind of an example of uh, a safe place. But what I'm really going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, tangents, over-explanation, uh, descriptions, and be like uh, pauses, uh, extra stuff. Uh, I think uh, lots of thinking—thinking thinking out loud and uh, thinking like just letting my thoughts go right out of my mouth. Uh, that happens a lot. You see, was that a butterfly? Was that in it? Like, uh, no, that was one of your thoughts, uh, scoots. Uh, wow. So, so some, much, sometimes my thoughts turn into butterflies. That's probably good news. Oh no, that was a butterfly. It wasn't your thought, your thoughts there. It's like, Oh, that's a, sl- so my thoughts are more like slugs than butter. Never mind. Uh, that was part of my brain interject interjections. Uh, I'll have some of those, but really what I'm going to do is uh, keep you company, Uh, take your mind off stuff. If you're new, here's what you need to know. Maybe you don't really need to, here's what you need to know. Not much, uh, but in order to make you feel comfortable, let me give you some, uh, something to expect. Uh, Structure show, first four minutes are business, Uh, then there's an intro, which we started. The intros are about 12 minutes of me trying to explain the podcast and you know kind of demonstrate how it works and also i don't know people seem to like them, kind of kind of like a, uh, trying to establish a sense of place uh, uh that's a bit like my scribbles as a child and so that'll be the intro then we'll have tonight will be our episodic series about a uh like this kind of a mystery i believe it takes place in a theme park where uh One uh, young girl lives. uh, There's other layers to it, but it's really nice and it's um, really uh, like a bit dense, uh, so really good to sleep to. So that'll be later, and you don't need any. Like uh, you could get in. It's episodic. uh, It's snack. You know. You know. They they don't say that this podcast is snackable uh, because it's not snack size, but I would say uh, it has a snackability. It might not be snackable. Uh, but it has, uh, there's like, if there's a scale of snackability, it would be on that scale somewhere. And so, so okay, so there's, then there's a story, then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's a structure of the show. But this is a podcast you don't need to listen to, or you can kind of listen to it. You can totally listen to it if you need to, because they'll be here to keep you company in the deep dark night, but if you want to stop listening or kind of tune me out or half listen, like okay, now is where he goes on. Now where he, he's going to go on a tangent here, and I'm just going to yawn here and get a little more comfortable, and scoots is kind of like at some point maybe I take on more. My words make even less sense. Uh, you say ram ram ram. Uh, Something. Sorry, cats. Didn't mean to do the whole. Sorry, cats. Didn't mean to get your attention and send you that secret message about being extra on your best behavior forever. But I'll send it to you again. And totally, that's what that message was, cats. Always be on good behavior. And also, that third one was uh, don't sneeze like on your owners uh, if you can. So, oh, sometimes that's something new. Secret cat messages. Uh, uh, that's like an experimental thing we're doing. Just this episode, ideally by accident. Uh, so that's a structured show. You don't really need to listen. There's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm here to help. I'm here to uh, keep you company, and to to escort you, uh, to be at your side. Really, as you cross the threshold from wake to sleep. So I'm here to help. Uh, But I'm not here to say, oh, you should do it this way, or you should do it that. Uh, I'm just here to uh, virtually sit at your bedside and say, hey, it seems like you can't sleep. That must not be great. Or I'm sorry, I really do believe you should be able to sleep or be relaxed and uh, comfortable there. And I'll try to help by telling you a goofy story with an extra long intro that doesn't make a whole lot of sense at the beginning and going on a bunch of tangents. Uh. Uh, but really, it's just kind of some silly stuff. Uh, so if you want to try it, give it a shot. And uh, right now, I'm gonna, what I'm going to try to do is make a metaphor about the podcast. Uh, and here's the news. Here's a big little scooter. You know, people say, Scooter, uh, why, do you talk, why, why do you call yourself Scooter? And I say, well, doesn't it sound nice and friendly? And they say, tell me more about uh, what's going on with you And they say, who says this? And it says, well, you're by yourself recording a podcast, so probably some portion of your ego. And they say, okay, so you want me to tell you more about me? Me? Great. Well, here's the latest in scooter personal news. I have a new member of my household, a plant, uh, a house plant. Um, I didn't look up its, uh, I did look at it and I did read it. But of course, my brain doesn't record those things till the fifth time. And it did even pull out its little, like, uh, thingamajig that says this is what I officially am called. But I picked up a new plant. It was at TJ's where I do all my shopping. In Oak, This one's in Oakland, and they had some plants. And I said, well, you know what I could use as a plant? Uh, it, like, And I said, well, what will that do with my relationship with my dog? Actually, I didn't think about that at the time. I said, well, this could be a win-win, fresh air. Uh, someone for me to talk to that has, it and doesn't have the ability to sigh. And like, uh, maybe like I could help it. Maybe, maybe this will be the plant. I didn't say this to the plant within hearing distance. You know, maybe this will be the one plant I'm able to, uh, actually help flourish. And so I took the plant home. It's some sort of palm, like, uh, like it has, it has those little, like, palm, not a palm tree, it, it just has like a long thin leaves coming up from, all the way from inside the dirt dirt. Uh, and I think it said palm somewhere on its label, but I said to the plant, like I said, wow, you're, you're, you're a good looking plant there. You look like you'd be good at cleaning some air. How do you feel about cleaning some, coming home with me and cleaning some air? And all the succulents looked on in, because at first I said, wow, succulents came with their own pots. Uh, so that was a benefit. I did have to do a cost-benefit analysis because this lovely plant just came in some foil in a, you know, plastic pot. Uh, but one day, one day, uh, years from now, maybe it'll have its it'll have its own pot. Uh, but yeah, the succulents weren't happy because they were looking good. But then I said, "Hmm," I said to the I got down on my knees. I said to the succulents, "What's your uh, what's the sitch down here with the air?" How much is CO2 and uh, O2 are you exchanging? And they just looked at, at me like they were hardy. I guess I maybe confused their hardiness for haughtiness. And then the wind blew in, like a, a summer breeze in the winter, and it blew through the, the hair, like, like the hair, of a moss-based woman that I once fell in love with, uh, but different cause these were like uh, longer and straighter strands of palm. And I said, wow, excuse me with your purple foil. Uh, maybe I'm the foil. And I said, well, what do you think about coming home with me and exchanging some uh, gases, uh, and meeting Koa and Sophia becoming a part of my family? Really? And, and I said, and I'll do my part. Uh, if you know if i don't ignore the reminders i'll set in my phone and i said this is i didn't realize this was one of my goals for this year but i said i really would like more plants in my life uh, and i think it's going to start with you and the next thing i know the plant was in my cart and we were shopping together we were talking we were getting looks from the trader joe's customers and workers which uh in my hometown, you know, this was like a, this was a store on the way from someplace where I volunteer. So I said, uh, you know, those people find it my behavior uh, stranger than my regular Trader Joe's, uh, where they're used to me chatting up the uh, product, as they say. So I was singing to the plant, and uh, we don't—I We she, she, think it's a she— but it, the plant doesn't have a name yet, uh, and I don't want to, like, I said it was close. But I said, okay, well, we'll just let your name come uh, organically, hardy-har-har. Har. Uh, I guess, it, is my subconscious organic? Uh, and then the plant laughed. So I said, okay, I have you. You're officially a member of my family. He said, you can't, you can't consider yourself a member of this household till you've both laughed with and at me. And so the plant is now within my care, and I consider myself my, in—you know—some of the air I breathe is in the plant's care. And hopefully, I could get some more plants. Uh, but let's—you know—let's just do it one one plant at a time. Uh, also, plants don't hold this again. You know, don't hold. I'm here to make amends uh, to all plants uh, from my past uh, in the plant other plant worlds. Uh, no need to pull me in there. You know, this will be the one. I'm going to make amends, living amends with this plant. Keep it, you know, keep it living amends. Uh, So, yeah, like, I'm going to keep the plant company. They heard, like, they don't talk about that, but they used to say if you talk to plants, it's good for them. And it's probably good for you. But I always already talked to, like, the other day I was uh, talking over the news, like, doing a little routine that I do. Uh, before the plant my dad my daughter said dad do you do this when you're home alone and i said I bet you betcha and she just laughed uh she wasn't surprised one bit uh it's a different you know bits i do uh interactive news bit uh, you know i like to interact with things and this plant will be a new uh, thing for me to interact with uh enchant with chat chat with maybe i'll chant with it maybe that's the thing to really but you know is uh, put on some Gregorian chants. I, I think I will do that tonight. I haven't been meaning to do that uh, by myself, but I can imagine it's soothing. Uh, so that could be on my list. It's cha- plant chatting. Well, there, maybe this could be a couple of series of books, too, depending on how I do with this plant. Uh, plant chatting in plant chanting. Chanting. It doesn't. It's, it's a little bit too of my, you know, it'd be a book title, so I won't have to see. Not like the plant chant, chanting podcast. Uh, you see, you chant at plants, like factories, like to get the workers. No, no, I chant with plants. Like, like not just Gregorian chants, but that's how I got started because that was the only uh, branded chant I was aware of. But, yeah, now that I'm into double entendre books, I'll be doing plant cheering, where I'll be cheering for plants, with plants, and to cheer plants up uh, and use plants to cheer other people up. Uh, so I guess that's a quadruple uh, meaning. Uh, that'll be my third book. It'll also be my, I guess it couldn't be, maybe I should make it my fourth book, uh, plant cheering. So those will be coming out from Gingerbread Press, like, probably, <laughs> probably you know, in in another timeline, they're already published uh, somewhere, in know, very a minute, uh, alternative, very, the, the, like, uh, least likely of alternative universes, uh, I get, but it, with the me of pla me chanting with the plan isn't, uh, that, uh, unlikely, but doing a book about it and getting it published, probably not, uh, so that's what I do. And I mean, literally, that's what I'm doing in my, my that's, that may become my new hobby. Talking to stuff in the grocery store is a hobby. And I don't think it's that different. I mean, here uh, is different because, uh, one, I'm doing it because I, like, uh, once I get out of the house, I get a little antsy. So I have to run some interference and comfort myself. And really, that's why I do it. Uh, in grocery stores and talk to meatloaf is uh, partially I feel a little shy. And I just need a little comfort, and maybe my plant needs a little chanting. But here tonight, right now, I'm here for you. And the reason I'm here for you is because I've been there, uh, tossing and turning in the deep dark night. So, this podcast is a take on all of that nonsense, uh, but a little different. I'll be here for another 45 minutes to keep you company, uh, to take your mind off of whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, if you're new, a lot of reviewers say it took two, three, four, five tries uh, to get used to this podcast. But once it did, I started falling asleep. And there's listeners that I hear from on a regular basis that don't fall asleep. So if you can't sleep, I'll be here too. And that's it. Uh, give it a few tries. It doesn't work for everybody. But I appreciate you. Really, I do. I appreciate you trying this podcast. Uh, and I work very hard I yearn and I strive because I really want to help you fall asleep. Uh, All right. Thanks for coming by. Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome to our ongoing uh, episodic story. Uh, that doesn't have a title, and I don't think it's going to get one uh, just because I haven't found one. But I'll give you the premise. The the premise is hidden within it. uh, And it's it's a nice little dense little story to sleep to. Uh, But somewhere out there. As Fievel once said, but this doesn't have anything to do with Fievel, uh, or, uh, who Fievel is, uh, but somewhere out there, there's a theme park, and within that theme park, uh, lives a young woman or a girl, uh, depending on how you want to describe her, or depending on the episode, uh, tonight she will be a, gir- a girl, a girl, age where you could say, well, that's a girl, uh, but you could say, I don't know, but, uh, And it's all you really need to know to be lulling. It won't be, it won't be through, there will be very few thrills or chills, uh, because it's, uh, well, I don't want to tell you any more than that, uh, uh, it's not cloaked in mystery, it's cloaked in a foggy imagination. And to transition us tonight, I wanted to go to Wikipedia's uh, article about the gold rush, uh which is a discovery of gold, sometimes accompanied by other precious metals or rare earth minerals that brings an onrush of miners seeking their fortune. Uh, Major gold rushes took place in the 18th century in Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, Canada, South Africa, and the United States, and smaller gold rushes took place elsewhere. Uh, The wealth that resulted was distributed widely because of reduced migration costs and low barriers to entry. While gold mining itself was unprofitable for most uh, diggers and mine owners, uh, some made large fortunes, and the merchants and transportation facilities also made large profits. Uh, the, re- gold, the resulting increase in the world's gold supply stimulated global trade and investment. Uh, historians have written extensively about uh, the gold rush and into relations to a lot of stuff. Uh, gold rushes were t- typically marked by a ge- general buoyant feeling of a free for all and in income mobility, in which any single individual might become abundantly wealthy almost instantly, as expressed in the California Dream. Uh, gold rushes extend as far back as the Roman Empire, uh, where gold mining was described by Pliny the Elder and probably back even further. The life cycle of the gold rush uh, usually starts with a transition uh, through progressively higher capital expenditures with larger organizations, and it may also progress from high unit value to low unit value minerals, uh, gold and silver to base metals. Uh, It typically begins with the discovery of a place or gold by an individual uh, and the gold may be washed from the sand or the gravel by individual miners with little training. Uh, once it's clear that the volume, there's a volume of gold-bearing sediment uh, larger than a few cubic meters, uh, yeah, the miners go to work. Uh, the California gold rush of 1848 to 15.5 in the Sierra Nevada captured popular imagination and led to the a settlement of California by Americans and the rapid entry of the state into the Union in 1850. Also, it stimulated a worldwide interest in prospecting for gold and new rushes in Australia, South Africa, Wales, and Scotland. And it also spread throughout the United States. Uh, so it's a little bit about gold rushes. Uh, which are typically uh, spurred on or symbolized at some point by flowing water, either in a stream or a sluice, uh, flowing uh, gently, gently, gently. I would wondered how long it would take you to arrive uh, here uh, to see me. I wondered... uh, if I would be the last uh, attraction you would come in contact with. uh, I knew I shouldn't be the first, uh, for you wouldn't have fully appreciated me. The complexity I had to offer. Turns out I wasn't the last, uh, but I was skeptical. You would even understand uh, the depth of what I could teach you. Uh, the full uh, range of experiences I had to offer uh, as you navigated my twists and my turns, my stories. You know, some of those other attractions look on me with a jealous eye, a jealous air, and... I didn't even know if you'd bring, bring that along with you, that you would presuppose, but I presupposed anyway that you wouldn't understand. How observant were you? How observant could you be? Of course, it was an easy story for you uh, to observe, but would you understand what I wanted you to understand about negotiation, about give and take, about passivity? and uh, taking control about all or nothing or slumped shoulders. But as I observed you and heard about you through the attraction, grapevine we'll call it, those attractions that uh aspire to speak with me, you uh, didn't bring your own agenda, you developed your own agenda while you were here. A caretaker had preceded you and was able to do a lot of uh, uh, upkeep and uh, putting things back in order. Uh, They'd been doing some maintenance anyway, making sure my tracks uh, were lubed and working on my tronics and my turns, uh, uh, tightening bolts. Now my lift mechanism... I wasn't sure why that wasn't fixed, whether it was too much work or not worth it, but I found it helped with my skepticism about you. Without a lift mechanism, would you be up to the task? Uh, could you make the mine cars move on your own? Uh, did you have the energy, did you have the strength, and did you have the intelligence to even realize it? And, of course, the caretaker checked all my water features. Most importantly, the pools of water. Seemingly stagnant. Uh, that the founder had seen so certain uh, to to slow or stop uh, the motion of the cars, uh, the mine cars. Water breaks. Uh, so brilliant, so original. Uh to slow down the forward momentum of the vehicles. Uh, The water would need no repair for it did its own work. Uh, It just needed to be at the set level, and the caretaker ensured that. Uh, What foresight the founder had for that uh, in helping develop uh, the depth of my story Without no waters, there would be no breaks. I guess I could have more than one meaning here. I also wondered if you would ride the rush, as they say. That's what some of the children would say. Are you going to go ride the rush? When we had guests, more guests than just you, and you're not really a guest at all, you've made yourself quite at home. But I didn't know if you had it in you to ride the rush. Would you watch the rush or ride the rush? Or neither. And you arrived and you sheltered yourself in the loading area for a time. Uh, Setting up, it was a nice spring. Uh, Warm, so the open air, but the cover... Of the loading area. It sheltered you from the rain, but the breeze kept you cool at night. And you sat there for a time. I don't know if you were watching me or I was watching you, but then you set out on the track, uh, and I had a laugh because you headed off in the wrong direction. But I guess it couldn't be too judgmental because it did make sense. You headed right into town, a western town, which, you know, was just a false front. which you would know. I guess you didn't know that when you first set out uh, and your hand would play another part in that. uh, And that was the first town you encountered, uh, which I said, hmm, this will be interesting observing her. And you looked at the schoolhouse uh, from the outside. And, you know, the caretaker had some of the audio even working there, which was just sound effects uh, uh, that your location triggered. So when people were waiting in line, they could hear the children studying. And you tried to rush in, but there was nowhere to rush to other than the front of the schoolhouse and the front of the clinic The dentist with the big wooden uh, dental uh, tooth, I guess they call it, uh, hanging from the front door as a sign. Uh, The saloon with its music. If you listened closely, you could even hear on the second floor of some of the buildings, you know, music lessons and parents talking to children. Hours and hours of audio, so the guests would always be surprised. Different discussions in the saloon, you could sit there and listen to Bernie uh, talk to Ray about the quality of the ingredients, or the quality of the piano playing, the hotel, the hardware and mining store, a peaceful uh, place for people to go and uh, celebrate how they believed uh, things would be. You were curious, you know, you would listen, and you also enjoyed the audio and your ability to trigger the audio, and you explored, even though they were false fronts, they did have supporting uh, structures, and you stayed there in the town for a time and made yourself a little cubby in the top of the schoolhouse. Uh, And I said, is she just going to stay in this town Uh, And part of me was a little disappointed, but it didn't take you long to venture beyond the town, along the track still. And at the back of the town was a gold processing and transfer station, where they would transfer and process the gold from the mine. And there was a fake train station and even a train uh, parked there, uh, where you you could just get an idea It wasn't really uh, because you were doing it in reverse. I said, what is this? Uh, You were seeing it in a a context, almost a historical context, uh, but not my history. Watching and imagining them transferring the gold uh, from processing uh, the ore to the the, the trains uh, that uh, soon you would discover Curly Sue was behind. And maybe you even understood it in a, a different way, the call of the conductor. Last a train of gold out of Boomtown. It had a, a, more of a meaning uh, than you knew. It wasn't about the park closing time. But then it was the big hill. A big rushing hill the last uh, big hill of the ride with a couple uh, uh swoops uh, and swoops or bumps of or whatever you would call it uh where you'd say oh this makes sense this is where the mine cars come rolling down and the hill went st- steep into a dry canyon high walled red rocks uh, Even a few uh, different animals looking down, a bird and a a ram, a sheep, and the steep walls of the canyon turning and the uh, the track turning so much so that you had to climb for a time. And then at the top of the canyon, a giant tunnel, uh, which you pondered before entering, you looked at its large size, uh, how it tumbled and opened right into the ravine, all the way down the hill. And I wondered if you contemplated that it wasn't carved by the hands of woman and man, but by uh, the flow of the same water that carved the canyon below. Thousands and thousands of years the water carved and worked its way through the tunnel and into the canyon and down the hill if the story you know was sticking to the story you know really just concrete uh, and then you ventured in to the tunnel no water flowed there except for a trickle at the bottom but the air was moist uh, and it got your attention why was the air well i guess the water was trickling at the bottom of the tunnel and there in the tunnel you saw where different holes branched off and these holes were carved by human hands and the tracks uh, weaved in and out of uh, the different uh, the tunnel offshoots uh, the mine this actually was the mine branching off uh, ...from this water-carved tunnel... ...and even where the track split and doubled back... uh, ...so that for a time the ride would go in reverse... ...none of this, they said, she doesn't get any of this... Uh, ...but you chose the left track... uh, ...so you kind of missed some of the side... uh, ...side portions of the ride... ...and you climbed up uh, to the top... uh, ...where... Uh, the peak of the ride, where there was standing overlooking a valley, uh, which forced perspective made it look like it was miles and miles away and you were so high up. It really was the, the, the top point of the ride. But there was Curly Sue in her mining garb, with a model of the town that you had left below and a table in front of her. And she was pointing uh, to the valley where the town would be. And you could even see, wait, I didn't come from there, but it almost looks like I did, this forced perspective. You climbed in, climbed down into the valley uh, to see that it wasn't hundreds of feet away, but it seemed as if it was. That's called forced perspective, my dear. But you, you, I guess you forced yourself to get to the perspective. And curly sue was operational you wouldn't you realized you had to push down on a part of the track to activate her talking about her vision for the town and pointing to a giant golden nugget that would make it possible and there was other residents there smiling at curly sue's smiling face uh, And then you headed further along the track uh, and you caught your first view of a dam. Again, using the perspective and also the actual height of the ride uh, to make it even seem further away. Now this one you had to do some uh, snooping, I guess, or investigating. For the dam stood there, uh, but the water was just a trickle until you headed back further along, I guess you had learned from the Curly Sue uh, Tronic that you needed to uh, trigger the water flowing. It saved energy that way. Uh, When you triggered the water, you saw how the rushing water was headed. uh, And again, because of the perspective, you said, oh, that's the mine, Uh, that's the tunnel. But then it would be diverted away by a rock and earth and dam rushing to the side of the tunnel where a few uh, miniature uh, atronics who looked like, you know, they were just far away, miners were standing dry in the entrance to the tunnel. And you said, huh, if that was, uh, if the water was really rushing, uh, those miners, the dam's keeping them. And you followed further along the edge of the dam. And then the track turned, to, so you'd look. That was off of the left side of the car. And then it used the right side of the car, another turn, so you could see uh, your first view of a steam bot, which, because you t- spent so much time at the park, you weren't totally shocked to, to see a part construction vehicle, part robot, uh, uh, a steam machine, once called a steam person by the inventor Flockmacher. Uh, but these uh, steam bots uh, were purchased uh, and employed. You would soon find out who they were in the pl- employ of. Uh, but at first you jumped over the helping Curly Sue build this dam, It'd divert the water. And if, as you traveled a little bit further on, you saw, and again, you had to trigger this, uh, but the steam bots are pushing the top of a mountain uh, off into a, the valley uh, to begin the mining process. A very uh, uh, fancy and interesting effect with uh, projection. I couldn't believe the miner got that working again and real effects. And water and sound. And once it went through. Cycled through twice. It never worked again. Which you kind of seemed disappointed at. But you got the gist. Uh, uh, these uh, steam bots. Had moved part of the valley. And created. Uh, a new path. For the water. And then you headed down. Uh, the, the lift hill. The main lift hill. Now, you did miss, uh, I can't judge you right away, but I will, that you did miss another turn in the track, uh, but it was hidden, so you headed down the main lift hill, where you saw Curly Sue talking to one Edouard Penour, uh, uh, the person uh, giving uh, the steam bots, and and seemed to be shaking hands and, and making a deal. Uh, the Steambots behind Panua and uh, Curly Sue uh, smiling and giving Panua uh, in one hand uh, a bag that said gold on it, uh, a big bag of gold. And even further behind Curly Sue, it was uh, dramatically enlarged, uh, but it was uh, two sets of contracts. and you studied them, and, and actually the, uh, the creators, the, the engineers had uh, put a lot of work into the language of the contracts uh, uh, for immersive purposes uh, to create a superior attraction uh, than I am. And the, the one contracted uh, was uh, uh, Curly Sue's first offer to Penua, which was a stake in the mine. And uh, described uh, a kind of partnership, but uh, Curly Sue had crossed it all out, uh, and Penua had to put no. And then the contract uh, that was signed at the bottom by Edouard and Curly Sue, witnessed by some town person, uh, Harold Hamburger was the name on there to be funny for some reason. Uh, It it described a payment of gold uh, uh, to Benua uh, instead of, you know, just just straight gold or some, I think, I can't even remember the pounds. uh, And uh, then uh, after that, lower down the uh, climb hill uh, was uh, another tronic of Curly Sue uh, plan, planning out uh, the vision for the mine and figuring, oh, if I could just move the dirt. Uh, and that was another good effect. It was Curly Sue actually moving real dirt. Uh, it wasn't dirt. It was ground plastic. Uh, and actually inside of the plastic was m- uh, metal, so it was magnetized. That's how it majestically, if you ride, right, if it got stuck... Uh, the dirt would majestically turn back flat, uh, so that Curly Sue's character could then make it into a dam, which then would be remagnetized into the dam shape. I hate to tell you all this, but you figured it out anyway. And uh, seeing, oh, this just might work. Uh, and then a scene of Curly Sue buying a claim. And them pointing to the map uh, right in the middle of the river, pointing to there. And everyone laughing at Curly Sue. And then uh, yet another Curly Sue, a lot of uh, main character in this ride, of course. Uh, uh, Then at the beginnings of the ride, the lift hill, where Curly Sue was walking through a town, uh, not like the town you had left, more like a collection of tents, a camp, I guess. It wasn't a town. Spent so much time there, I call it a town. Uh, with children without shoes and people sneezing and Curly Sue cooking uh, and, and bringing food and sharing uh, with all the other miners, uh, uh, just trying to, you know, get by. And that was where the, uh, a ride started, and again, it reinforced, it. They, they called it uh, Cur- Cur- Curly Sue's uh, Folly was where they pointed up the hill, and a beautiful thing in the, uh, that I guess you hadn't uh, observed, but maybe it had implanted yourself, was inside the roof of the ride uh, in the awnings, or whatever you'd call it, uh, the, under the roof was murals of the same story. Uh, that we had observed just the first part uh curly sue being a part of the town and the town or the camp uh not being the best place to live and curly sue helping out around there and then curly sue buying a claim in the middle of a river rushing not just a river rushing uh, a canyon and everyone laughing and saying, uh, Curly Sue, like you're not going to be able to mine there. What, a, what, a, we like you, Curly Sue, but you're a goof. And then, and I think it was interesting, you know, because it was a very, uh, not impressionistic drawing, but, uh, it's easy to ignore up there in the roof area, uh, done in a style that was, uh, Clear if you knew what you were looking at, you'd say, well, that's just some sort of uh, Western montage. And then Curly Sue getting the idea for the mine and actually filling in some gaps of Curly Sue uh, pushing rocks and stuff uh, uh, and, and that not working. And then fly again, more backstory. Flockmacher, the inventor of the steam bot, and Edward Penua at a uh, World's Fair making a deal, uh, for exclusive distribution of the steam person. And then eventually Curly Sue making a deal with Edward Penua. And then the building of the mine. And all those things. But again, easily forgotten. But very well, the paint they used, uh, uh, it was uh, quite a, you know, they had a sealant over it, so it's lasted some time. I'm, I'm a well-made attraction. And there in the load area, uh, you know, the the, the caretaker only restored two of the minecars, not the usual full train. And you sat in the minecars for a while, and you pondered... Uh, and you tried to get the ride started, pressing buttons and wandering around and trying to find the uh, machine room and finding it and nothing going on. You could see the power running to the the tronics and the audio and things. Uh, and the big water pumps, uh, which you kind of said, oh, what are these big water pumps? Because you hadn't seen everything. You thought you knew it all. Uh, but eventually, after some testing, you realized you would have to push the two mine cars up the lift hill it, because of the, you know, because it couldn't roll backwards. With every click, you could relax. Uh, so you managed to do it, uh, and I think it made you stronger pushing the car up a little bit at a time and taking a few days and soaking in again the beginnings of the story. The camp and Curly Sue and Curly Sue's crazy idea. And in this part of the ride, sometimes the audio worked and sometimes it didn't. So you kind of got a. you said, okay. And you liked Curly Sue a little bit, uh, patting Curly Sue on the shoulders. And, uh, but, uh, only a pat. You didn't hug Curly Sue. And at Watpenour, I think you, uh, I mean, there was a way, you know, even Edward, when his face was constructed in a scowl that uh, it kept you at god. And I liked how you, even when you were pushing the cart up, you took time to kind of, uh, you lived in the camp uh, for a time. Those tents actually, obviously if it's a tent on the outside, it's a tent on the inside. And pretending you were Curly Sue and... Uh, Trying to dress, taking some of the clothes off the, the children tronics and putting them on. You know, one thing I forgot to mention in the uh, the, the, the mural that wasn't there was Curly Sue's initial mining attempts, uh, uh, which kind of explained that Curly Sue's little bit of gold uh, she had to sell uh, to, to give to trade uh, with uh, Edward Panour for the uh, steam bots. And it was just a rental. I guess that's not apparent. Uh, but uh, Curly Sue's a hard work. And Curly Sue, you know, trading her kindness and her support around town for tiny, tiny scraps of gold that she saved up. Uh, and finally you got the car to the top. And you wondered before you pushed over the hill, you already had enough experience with attractions to know the cart would start to roll. And so you scouted ahead, but you, and that's where you noticed the turn through the doors uh, and that it was going in somewhere. And so you scouted it out ahead of time and saw that the car turned into the inventor's workshop uh, and went through. And so you figured out you could close. There was also doors on the other side of the inventor's workshop uh, which you found some sandbags. He said, well, I'll slow this car down here if I don't want to keep going into the unknown. And that was the first part of the ride. I was surprising to guess. Uh, It looked like the car was going to go one way, right to Curly Sue's uh, uh, vision for the town and the mine and all that. Uh, But it really went left uh, into the workshop where Flagmarker, uh, was with Edward Panua. and Panua was laughing at Curly Sue, and Flakmack was saying, "This is never going to work." Uh, uh, but you, know, you, the ride, the car itself would have to, do, you know, dodge industrial equipment working and assembling the uh, the steam bots. And you know, vats of things. It was a fun part of the ride, and it was in that dark day glow night ride style. Uh, but it was mostly just that more underlying uh, Edward Panua, uh, which rhymes with Manua. And then you even noticed that when you got out to the rock slide pot, uh, that's where the car returned to. Uh, that it was tilting, and that's why there was a ride switch. Uh, So you'd feel like you were tilting into the rock slide, and then again tilting. Oh, no, there's uh, the force perspective of Great Canyon. Ride tilt again. And then a little down and then a little uphill, uh, which gave the guests a little wee-wee-woo. Uh, But it would actually, your car got caught on the hill because it didn't have the little uh, drive it needed to just go up a few more clicks. So you had to push it up uh, again up the crest. And then the car ran back down towards Curly Sue's vision. Uh, And then you heard the sound of rushing water. And, again, this is when you, the car started to go into the mine. So it did pick up uh, some pace here. Uh, but, again, you hadn't explored all this, so it, it explored where Curly Sue, again, was telling the miners, don't worry, this uh, dam is strong. It's not going in the, you know, the miners objected. well, what if the mine was to, or what if the dam wasn't to work out? Uh, this whole tunnel would be full of water. And Curly Sue saying, don't worry, this is like uh, an entire mountain was pushed to change the direction of the river. And then there's lots of gold effects. Uh, but you started to notice something again, because the ride was designed to go through this area twice uh, that a lot of the uh, miners uh, had to steam bot. So you said, wait a second, there's something else here. But you also got to see you would go around in a a circle uh, around a a rushing, rushing waterfall, uh, which is very exciting, uh, even for you. And then you said, well, and I said, don't don't use that for bathing. It's recycled water. And then a few more turns inside of the mine, which really wasn't, we weren't in the mine anymore, but there was Curly Sue's Vault. and Curly Sue loading gold into the vaults and Edouard Panua there arguing with Curly Sue. And this is where the story, you know, the gaps in the story you would had. had uh, had. Curly Sue saying, no, no, no. And Edouard Panua pointing at the gold and then it was a montage again. And then Curly Sue pointing at the contract uh, saying, basically, you had your chance, Edouard Panua. And then again in another tunnel, Edouard Panua pointing at the town. Again, again, this was beautiful. It was through a hole in the mine, and there was a moon over, uh, again, a distant model of the town, which looked real, with twinkling lights. Uh, And that was just in the background. The depth of the detail was in my attraction again. Uh, but Curly Sue was uh, uh, telling the miners. Uh, Cur- or no, uh, Edward who I'm getting carried away. Was telling the miners, "Hey, we're getting ripped off by Curly Sue. It's just a schoolhouse. Curly Sue's making off with the gold. Why don't you do that?" And the townspeople saying, "Well, it's not a bad deal, you know. A children, a uh, child showing off her fancy, nice teeth." Uh, in that, and then Edward was just getting frustrated and the town saying, well, maybe we were, And then the townspeople arguing with Curly Sue. And I loved, uh, you know, another thing I love about myself, my ride, is that uh, none of this was expected and you missed it all. Again, the ride went deeper. Because the townspeople uh, hassling Curly Sue is only a distraction. And on your next turn... And this all took place in a ride building, you know. I mean, you know now, but uh, it looked just like the inside of a mine. And you did like living there for a time uh, before, uh, uh, because you stopped the ride. Uh, You stopped the ride so often, and then you'd have to push it back. And I said, she is going to be a very strong young woman. I never thought she'd continue to stop there. I thought you would just ride through it just once uh at first to see it uh and of course I assumed you'd you were stopping it because uh you didn't want to ride the rush, but you seemed to be getting at the bottom of what the rush really was and so you would restart it and take your time your sweet time, I guess. Uh, but you saw how the, the, the distraction of the town versus Curly Sue, the townspeople allowed Edward Penua, uh, to do, I guess, the unthinkable, which was, uh, to send the steam bots uh, to the dam. And again, one of my premier, uh, uh, set pieces, I think they call them of, uh, of design. And again, a nice full moon night scene of the town at the uh, an opening in the mine that looked out over the valley and the dam, and the townspeople uh, discuss. And this was 2D, uh, but 2D moving pieces. Uh, it thematically going along with the style of my attraction everyone arguing with Curly Sue, but then in the backdrop, uh, Edward Penour and the Steambots uh, moving uh, the base of the mine and the top of the mine at the same time, and Penour laughing, and uh, and then Curly Sue's turning and saying, oh, no, no, uh, everyone in the minecarts. Uh, and he said, oh, wait, the perspective of the ride has changed. I am... Uh, townsperson uh, and then water spraying through holes more of a gimmick to spray you in the face of the hair and ride twisted and turned till the dramatic exit uh, back where you had climbed up but now is much different for you heard sound effects and real water sound effects uh, rumbling and then you did see, Cur- or, uh, not Curly Sue, but Edward Panure and the SteamBots uh, twisted to the left and them getting caught uh, in the water. And then people jumping in a mine cart. So you said, well, am I- is this a mirror image or so some confusing things? And then the dramatic portion of the ride, the big hills and turns, But not just hills and turns with the water swooshing first ahead of the minecart. And somehow you say, I just missed that water. And then another turn and the water rushing behind you. And then another turn and into the canyon and the big tunnel. And the water actually chugging behind your car. And people in, in my heyday could not believe this. And they even said, how is this, you know, a good idea? And the engineers explained it all. Uh, But, you know, just a swift uh, run down the hill to stay just ahead And Curly Sue. You know, you'd see reflection. I I liked also the shadow effects uh, towards the end of the ride, where you would look at the shadow of your car. What you thought was the shadow of the car you were in, it really was a projection of Curly Sue and the townspeople in a mine car getting away. And then racing down the water, uh, bursting, you know, thundering. And you just heading in and then in, in, in the whole town getting flooded. The water flooding out all the two, second and first story windows and doors. Again, looking like it was going to just a special effect, though. As you broke in the water, the water would slow down the ride but it was also an no, oh-no moment, because as it slowed down the ride, you thought you were going to get swooshed by water coming out of the town's windows. Uh, but really, the water, it was just a sound effect. So, I mean, a look effect. The water was really rushing, but it wasn't ever, you know, you, a little mist on the face, and that was it. And then if you really listened, you you know, you had to pay attention for the final pop. But it was the people of the town— uh, most people were too busy cheering to hear the people of the town say, well, Curly Sue, can't you rebuild the town? There's no worry. And Curly Sue saying, the last goal headed out uh out and the last train out of town, it was the last payment due uh, to build the town. My mind's tapped uh, out. But you heard it, and you heard it clearly because there was no other guests there, no cheering. And I saw your face go across. And then you rode the ride over and over again as so many guests did. You didn't have to wait in line. You did have to push the car up the hill, so... Which probably took longer than waiting in line. But maybe less frustrating. And made you much stronger. But you rode it again and again with this cross look on your face. And then you got out of the car, too, one time... You stormed through the ride, pointing at Curly Sue and scolding Curly Sue every time you encountered her. And Edouard Benua, uh, you did more than just uh, scold. You crossed your arms and uh, uh, raised your voice. Uh, But that wasn't enough for you. Uh, Then you went into the room and you shut off all the water. You turned off all the water pumps and you drained the water out of the park. Even my water breaks, you drained away. Uh, I said, what is she about? Uh, and you know, part of me at that time said, how dare she change my ride? My perfect story. But you still, it didn't, that furrowed a brow between your eyes, it didn't relent. And then you filled the mine car up. Uh, again and again with the tronics which were quite heavy and bolted to the floor and you ripped all my tronics out uh it was a frustration it drove you week after week and you would ride uh them down to the town where the backup brakes would stop the cart you wouldn't even be in the cart you would uh, hop out you had a little way to jump out uh uh, and then all the tronics would get ejected from the car, and you would put them in the town. And once you had all the townspeople and all the versions of Curly Sue and Edward Panua there, you started to design. Uh, he, I said, what is she about? She's building out uh, the fake buildings. And you added a, a table. You took tables and chairs and even a few bathtubs from other attractions and you put the people in the bathtubs and under the tables, uh, and you scolded them as well, uh, for not, I guess, for, for, for putting up with both Curly Sue and Edouard Panua. And you said, you one day, you know, I'm going to wash you all away. I've had enough, uh, and I said, for someone without, uh, I said, she, she's never had an authority figure in her life, but she's quite stern with these, uh, these townspeople, in particular, he said, "What are you thinking?" Even though you put them in the tub and put a door even above the tub, he said, "What a uh, hide in your tub." And I, I guess, I looked at you at first with you know a dismay, but I learned to uh, to have some pride. Uh, Cause I guess I had been fed up for so long. Uh, for Curly Sue for being soft and Edward Panur for being crafty, and the townspeople for falling and swaying back and forth, for not appreciating the town and Curly Sue. Again, with Curly Sue not uh, seeing Edward Penua for what Edward Penua was, uh, as an attraction, I guess they felt the most for the steam people because they said, well, they were just the steam people doing, you know, just doing construction. And now, you know, technically, if the ride was re- if the whole, if my whole story was real, they'd be rusted uh, and gone away. Uh, but that was it for you. You uh, seemed very pleased. You sw- swept your hands like you cleaned them. And you moved back in. You didn't alter the uh, murals, and actually you slept with the murals again uh, under my awning, under my roof, uh, uh, you know, until the weather changed. Through the summer, you've been, you were here for so long, into the fall. And uh, I guess part of me, uh, before you arrived, would have been stern with you but I do understand it now, and I understand that you let me say I've had enough with all of you and you're negotiating and uh uh you know, just uh Carly Sue, just uh don't you can't be super nice and Edward Penua Uh just get it to you was know, with these townspeople running around. So thank you thank you, and I'm glad you sleep uh still. When it's warm, with me in the loading area, resting under my wooden roof, open air, the breeze carrying you through as you rest at night, gently listening to the sounds of the evening. Good night.